welcome to episode 22, I believe, of Roll the Credits podcast with Aaron and Brian. On this week's episode, we have a full slate of news for you guys, as well as reviews for Serenity and Polar, a new Netflix film that came out this past week, I believe, starring Mads Mikkelsen, which is great because we wanted to see Arctic, which also stars Mads Mikkelsen, but uh, unfortunately is not at our local trailer. Uh, to start off, we just want to apologize for last week's episode, everybody. Um, we encountered some issues. We're hoping that don't spring up again this week. Um, oh, please, no. uh, we're really unsure what happened. Um, and we've been trying to remedy the situation, but, um, having searched around, trying to figure everything out, we are very unsure what's going on, um, with it. So if you did listen to it, if you could make out any of it, um, some things will be a little similar. Um, at the end of the episode, instead of our top five, we'll be going back through the Razzie nominations as well as doing our predictions. Um, the Razzies are set for Saturday, February 23rd. Um, so we won't be doing them that weekend, uh, because that'll be before our recording. Um, but that weekend we will be doing a rundown of, the Oscar nominees and our predictions for that on the 24th, um, which is also the day of the Oscars. So when you guys hear this, the results will already be out um, for that one. But um, you'll hear our predictions and see what we got right and what we got wrong. Um, news is going to be fresh, though. Um, this week, we are, I don't believe, at least I'm not recycling anything from last week's yeah, episode. Yeah, I'm not recycling anything. Um, I know a lot of our listener base actually did get a chance to listen to some, at least some of it, at least what they could make out. Um, and we'll also be bringing yeah. back the Serenity review uh, this week because that which was, will be fun. Yeah, because that was apparently something that didn't go well either. Um, but yeah, uh, how how's your week going there, Brian? Good. I mean, I mean, it's Super Bowl Sunday, so this will be a fun night, even though I don't have a dog in the race. But um, for another eight hours or so uh my eagles are the current Super Bowl champions as of this time of day so um i'll cherish that while i can until the patriots win again most likely um yeah unfortunately <laughs> uh but uh yeah no it's a good week it's stupid cold but it's warming up this week is supposed to get into the 50s some weirdly but oh, thank god i'm here for it yeah this, this is i'll tell you one thing somebody that works in a cold warehouse this has been the week from hell so it being super bowl sunday and getting into like the 50s the next few days I, i'm i'm all about it i'm ready to enjoy life a yes. little bit more and and not you know be frozen to Freeze. death by the time I, <laughs> I get home every day um so that's definitely a plus um but yeah i mean good week uh we didn't get a chance to actually go out um but I, like it's i said you know i checked out polar this week which was quite the interesting movie um and i'll give a review for that later on but uh yeah hopefully we'll be back with more stuff next week i know i plan on checking out velvet buzzsaw which just dropped on netflix which is a new jake joan hall movie um him playing a art person uh an art critic from what i read um and teaming back up with dan gilroy who uh was also the director on nightcrawler which is a fantastic film with jake joan hall also one of the most uneasy films i've ever watched i they just in terms of character acting it was one of joan hall's best performances in that so i'm kind of excited to see how he does in this um and then we also have a bunch of other movies coming out this week that we are definitely going to hit up um 
But uh, so we'll definitely have some good stuff for you guys next week. That said, uh, let's bust into the news. Uh, starting off with let's some go. quite a bit of DC news coming in this week. Uh, as we talked about before, James Gunn was signed on to write the next Suicide Squad movie. As it turns out, he is also apparently going to be directing. So he'll write and direct. Um, the title is going to be The Suicide Squad. Um, and it's pretty much an official relaunch of the group uh, featuring new characters. Uh, it doesn't seem like anybody will be back in the original one. Um, I heard uh, Margot will be back for yeah. Harley Quinn. But aside from that. Yeah, that one doesn't surprise me. I figured if they pulled anybody back, it would be her. But um, other than that, yeah, um, just retcon the, the first one. It wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, um, and just move along with this one. Uh, we'll see how it does. I think Gunn's perfect for it. Obviously, he showed, you know, with Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, like he can do an ensemble cast like that in a funny, entertaining manner. And I think that's exactly what Suicide Squad needs going forward. So great hire from DC and Warner Brothers. Yeah. Just think of it as uh, DC's Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's on Earth, not in space. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't know a lot about Suicide, uh, I'm sorry, Suicide Squad uh, um, in general, but there are dozens of characters to choose from apparently throughout the comic book. So uh, we'll see what they end up picking, but a uh, whole new cast of characters and actors and stuff. And that's good. You know, retcon it now and get it out of the way while yes. DC is still trying to build up their universe. Figure um, out what they're doing with the universe. Yeah. I mean, just like I said before, you know, you just start at Wonder Woman and work your way forward from there and start it off. Uh, Aquaman was fine. That you know, that was a fine movie to, to put in there. I mean, it wasn't awful. Um, that's for sure. But um, yeah, best of luck to DC moving forward. Um, and in 2021, the Batman is set to come out. Um, Matt Reeves writing and directing this one. It officially got. We were officially told this week that Ben Affleck is officially out as the Batman. Uh, the plan is to feature a younger Batman and a detective storyline involving several Batman villains. Um, which will be interesting. Uh, I very much hope that we don't get the Joker, um, in this, uh, there's talks that maybe we get, uh, Josh Gad as the penguin in it, um, and a bunch of other rumors, but it'll have, uh, quite a few of them, but, uh, I mean, I'm excited for, it. I'm interested to see who they end up casting as the Batman, um, yeah. especially in a younger role. Uh, this it, is like, this is such a pivotal, a pivotal thing like James Gunn's great for Suicide Squad, but in the DC universe, you got to get Batman and Superman correct, or else you are, you got yeah, to. you're fudged if you don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. And it's it's funny within uh, a couple hours of them announcing that he was officially not a um, board for it. Any DC fanboy or Superboy Hero fanboy was doing their own fan cast and saying, "Oh, these are." The, I mean, I included like he was like, "Oh." I would love to see any of these people do it. It's just interesting to see where they'll go with it. Cause like they said, they want a younger person. I think they said they're aiming for someone in their late twenties to do it. Um, so yeah. Um, from what I've heard is that it seems like penguin will be the main villain for this. And there's a lot of rumors that Josh Gad, uh, will be penguin for it. But I mean, none of this is solidified. It's just rumors at this point, but, um, yeah, I hope they don't do the Joker as well. Cause yeah, yeah, I mean you can, already had to... Yeah, you can build up to the Joker over a while. I mean it's there's no sense in, you know, throwing the big bads in there and stuff like that that, that early. I mean, follow <laughs> follow uh, Marvel's 
suit on that. You don't have to go big bads right away and stuff like that. Just just ease into that stuff. Um, but we'll see what ends up happening. Um, in other news, the the Dune reboot that we have talked about quite frequently on here um, has now cast Zendaya and Oscar Isaac in it. Um, they are officially joining a cast of Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Charlotte Rampling, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, and as we've mentioned before, directed by Denis Villeneuve. This cast is coming together quite, quite, quite nice. Um, Oscar Isaac, I know, is set to be to play Timothy Chalamet's father, which is an interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I, like I can see it, but um, in terms of like they'll have bit. to age up Oscar Isaac a little bit, I think. Um, but other than that, I think they'll be all right. I mean, um, Timothy Chalamet also looks like he's like fifteen. That's so. true. He does. He does look twelve. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it's a good cast coming together. A lot of famous famous names in there. Um, and as we've mentioned before, I mean, Villeneuve's such a tremendous director. Love him. Um, and an ensemble cast big, like this, yeah. Uh, I'm definitely excited to see what that ends up happening. Zendaya is reportedly playing uh, Chalamet's love interest in the movie. Um, again, I don't really know anything about Dune, the uh, book uh, series, or anything like that. So I'm. But from nope. what I've heard, it is basically Star Wars for adults, I guess, um, is the best way I've heard it put. So eh, I'm interested. Uh, it's a space epic. Okay. So, yeah, totally in for it. Um, Fun. <laughs> um, other than that, we'll uh, move on a little bit here. Uh, the Heart, um, which is a new movie I found out about, found out about this week um, from director, actor Jim Rash, who played uh, the Dean, I guess, on Community. Um. This is adding Allison Janney, Octavia Spencer, and Sam Rockwell to its cast, all recent uh, Academy Award winners, um, about folks desperate for cash who agree to courier a black market human heart in a very dangerous job. Um, based on the cast, I would assume it's going to be a comedy, um, but I don't know a whole lot else about it. I did find it interesting that the first three hires are getting are pretty significant in the recent oscar world so uh uh, this sounds like a movie to definitely keep an eye on here as we move forward uh moving past that we have rosario dawson joining zombieland double tap cast uh, officially set for october 11th release um we also got the uh first poster i guess for it when they did the 10-year challenge um which yeah i mean they were they were a bit a little bit late on that but um, a little bit a little bit it is what it is but i mean it confirmed that the original cast is coming back um none of them well abigail breslin looks older but none of them she's the only one much different different. uh, from their original characters uh but other than that uh as we mentioned before i'm excited for this rosario dawson uh killed it in you know luke cage and all those uh marvel tv series um and she's been great in a lot of other things too um so i'm definitely interested to see how she ends up blending in with the rest of the cast in this um another movie i'm excited for and definitely for october here oh yeah uh in terms of horror and stuff the invisible man reboot is back on uh it was originally canceled from universal after the mummy disaster (laughs) uh the tom cruise movie from two years ago um which pretty much bombed um in terms of creating the new dark universe that they were aiming for but 
the reboot is moving forward. Even better news. It's going to be from Blumhouse, who is making a huge name in the horror genre huge. Uh, as of late. Also, great news is that Johnny Depp is officially out. Thank, he was rumored to play goodness. the Invisible Man when Universal had it, which would have been another bomb. Easy. Um, Easy. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and director Lee Winnell, who did Upgrade this past year that we saw, Ooh. which was a fantastic film. Um, he is set to direct the film. Uh, nothing else really mentioned about it, but uh, I'm interested. I know, um, you know, these are characters that really haven't been touched in, in a long, long time, time out, outside of the mummy. Um, but like the Wolfman and stuff like that. It's not even necessarily that I needed to be scary stuff. Like I can't, I get it. These things aren't super scary in the nowadays horror. these things aren't super scary, but I think they are things that could be uh, potentially interesting moving forward, especially how they present an invisible man um, <laughs> in terms of it. Um, if you've looked at, you know, past pictures from the past invisible man, you know, it's basically, they just mummify somebody. Um, so they could see his face. But, uh, yeah basically um but uh yeah i mean this is something i'm interested in i mean blumhouse is is really kicking the door down in these things and if they get their a team on it which they apparently will if if lee winnell is on there um to direct it um yeah i mean i have high hopes for it and I, i'm excited to see how it goes moving forward and who will star and thank god johnny depp is no longer oh, thank goodness <laughs> um <laughs> Moving on to the lady of the um, March, April season here, Brie Larson, uh, set the star and directed a new Netflix film called Lady Business based on the true story of Witchy's founder, Kate Dwyer and Penelope Gazin. Um, it tells the story of two female entrepreneurs who invent a third male company founder in order to be taken seriously in the business world. Hmm. Um, this will be Larson's, I believe, second directorial Netflix film, her directorial debut actually unicorn store is actually coming to netflix april 5th which conveniently comes you know a week or two or so after captain marvel hits theaters so that's pretty smart on netflix's yeah. part and then obviously in may we have or late april we have avengers yes. so she's gonna be a, a big name big name in hollywood here for the next coming months um get used to it if i'm you here for don't it. already know who she is um which is weird but uh i mean obviously tremendous actress so i'm excited to see these things i really don't know anything about unicorn store i haven't bothered to really look it up but if it's on netflix i mean i saw polar this week i'll watch <laughs> unicorn store yeah like, it's free still i mean uh, there's not much of a reason not to watch it yeah i mean if it's coming to netflix and i have somebody in there that i'm used to and i like then you know I, no point in me not watching it yep um brian do you have any extra news you want to share with everyone this week few pieces uh now i'm gonna revolve around warner brothers because when they're announcing their early in the week like the suicide squad uh batman that we talked about they just announced like a bunch of other movies are coming out and they're all ridiculously stupid movies that they're making <laughs> first one shocking along with, yeah i know right the first one along with the uh, dc superheroes is that in slated for may of 2021 a dc super pets movie <laughs> a what <laughs> super pets movie yeah you do explain pets. do explain i mean so in the character i don't really know much about Catwoman? Know, like, superman no 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 like animals this oh. is oh actual okay this is literally gonna be dumb. about the superheroes pets 
I believe. Like, it sounds ridiculous. It's I know Superman had a dog uh, that was named Crypto or something after Krypton, but I didn't realize there was a bunch of them. Um, pulling up to see what the different ones are. Oh, so there's um, Bat Cow. Uh, that stated. Um, Bat Hound. Uh, Clay Critter. Whatever. The, I don't know. This sounds ridiculous. I mean, why am I making a movie based on like this? I don't know. That's not even the most ridiculous movie that they announced this week, I think. They're also announced uh, they're making a live-action Hot Wheels movie in partnership with Mattel. Uh, so, like, they're doing the Barbie movie, and they're also doing a Hot Wheels movie. So, basically, a racing movie. Um, which, I don't know. It sounds ridiculous. And um, I don't know if you'll have any interest in this one, but this last one is that they're going to be making a, a live, uh, or not live, but a, a Funko Pop movie with all the little mm, Funko Pop bobbleheads and stuff. Oh, I mean, I have so many of them. I feel obligated <laughs> to see it when it comes out, but it's going to be bad. I, I, like, I already it, know it. I mean, the only good thing I think that could come out of this is that it'd be like with Lego Batman, is that there's so many characters that they kind of have under, that they have the rights to and stuff, that when there's so many characters that have Funko Pops, that they could just draw in uh, so many different characters from different universes and stuff and have them connect like they did within Lego Batman. But honestly, I mean, they're, they're bobbleheads. Are they not, are they going to be bobbling the whole movie? Are they going to be still like this? It sounds ridiculous. Honestly. Look, in fairness, and, they aren't all bobbleheads. Um, a lot of them aren't. Uh, it's mostly. Um, just big it's, heads. No. It, yeah. They're all big headed like figures and, That'll be interesting. The only ones that are really bobbleheads are really Star Wars, Marvel, and DC are the main ones. <laughs> That'll that be funny to see. Ones. Um, like I, I, all of, I think all of my WWE ones and stuff like that. I have a lot of those. I'm pretty sure none of them are actual bobblehead ones. But uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the hell they're gonna do with that. But I, I'm obligated to see it. I guess at this point, <laughs> I've given them plenty of my money already. I don't know. <laughs> you. Be given enough money, might as well give them another ten dollars. No. Um, Zack Snyder's next film uh, is in partnership with Netflix, coming out uh, at the end of this year, or beginning of next year. Uh, it's called Army of the Dead, and it was described as a heist movie during a zombie apocalypse. Uh, it sounds kind of interesting. I know Zack Snyder really hit or miss uh, with his stuff. I mean, but he has a cult following. Has I don't know if you've ever heard of the release of Snyder Cut from all the DC fanboys, but um, I don't know. It's it's Netflix, so like you said, I'll probably end up watching it. And zombie heist movie sounds interesting, but we'll wait to see for more information coming out on it. And last little piece, um, Amazon greenlit this week um, to make a TV show based off the uh, graphic novel Invincible. Uh, it's by the same person, uh, Robert Kirkman, who has done uh, The Walking Dead and uh, the Fear of the Walking Dead comic books. Um, it's be an eight-episode uh, short series uh, animated. But the thing I caught my eye on this is the cast currently that is signed on for this. Um, so you got uh, Stephen Yun, who is who was on The Walking Dead, and he was famous for that. But then J.K. Simmons, Sandra Oh, Seth Rogen. 
Zaze Beats, Mark Hamill, Jason Manazukas uh, from you know Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine, Good Place, and Julian G- Jacobs and some other names. Like that's a lot of decent names for voice acting to be joining onto this. So, and it's Amazon. So, like we said, I'll probably end up watching it. It's all it is. It's slated for twenty twenty. They haven't narrowed it down at all. But uh, it's a it's a superhero show basically. It's an animated superhero show. Um, it follows uh, like main character. His name no, it doesn't say his name in this article I'm reading, but it's about his father as like the world's most famous superhero or whatever. So it's kind of living his shadow until he then starts to develop superpowers or whatever. I don't know, but um, that that voice cast is pretty great, and so I'll probably end up watching it. But uh, that is the end of oh no, I'll add uh, we saw this count yeah on Friday the Hobbs and Shaw trailer. Uh, that is the Fast and Furious spinoff. I've only ever seen the first Fast and Furious movie, and I was done with that. Then they decided to make seven more. Is is that right? There's just eight of them. This is a spinoff of it. Um, the it's you know centered around uh, the Rock's character Hobbs. I don't know what his first name is. I've seen the movies, and then. Um, Shaw Frick, what is the actor's name? Uh, I'm literally uh, Jason Statham. Jason Statham, <laughs> totally. I'm literally. I can see him, and I lost his name, which I do on that show. If you didn't haven't noticed that before, but um, it's, it's Fast and Furious, but also it's probably not going to be good. But Idris Elba is slated for the villain in this role in this movie. Uh, his role is his name is Braxton or Brixton or something. And he's, I don't know, some type of superpowered human that ha- has been given like technological advances and stuff like built into his body or whatever. And he actually looks intriguing as a villain. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's Fast and Furious, so it probably won't be good. But uh, it just caught my eye, so that's why I was interested in that. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of my stuff for this week. Um, yeah. All right. Let's get into the Serenity review then. Um, yes. I'll start because uh, I just got to tell you people, this movie was trash. It's really pretty awful. Um, and the more I thought about it, and it's been two weeks, the more I realized how much I don't like it. Um, <laughs> it ta- I don't want to spoil a lot because it does have a twist to it. Um, so maybe we recap this further down the line. But it just... Uh, it's not good. They're, the twist on it is laughable um, and, and really just made me groan. Uh, it's the, the acting is bad. The script is bad. Um, I mean, they do take a risk with it, which is nice, but it they don't do a good job with the risk. Um, it's, it's bad. Uh, I really don't know what else to say about it, but don't I mean don't spend your time on it. I gave it a 35 out of 100. It is the one of the lowest scores I've ever ever given a movie. Um and combo score came to a 42.6 and that's, that's just not good. It's yeah. it's so hard to get that'll be hard to low beat. like that. Um So yeah, uh for me Serenity was just garbage. Um uh, is not great in it. It's a bummer to see Anne Hathaway in a bad role, but she wasn't good in it. 
And as much as I see them trying to to promote it and stuff, just don't watch it, guys. It's just not good. Um, not worth it. Yeah, um, Brian, go ahead and take it away because I don't really have anything <laughs> else to say about this. Yeah, garbage. I'm gonna lighten up a little bit. And don't get me wrong, it wasn't a good movie at all. But I don't think it was awful. Uh, maybe kind of teeters on being a decent movie, half decent movie. Um, I gave it a 55 out of 100. Um, but there's, it was, it was boring throughout. Like it didn't really hold my attention most of the, much of the movie. I found myself at one point, uh, like I zoned out of it just because it didn't hold my interest. Um, the acting wasn't great, which like we discussed, there's the big twist, like three quarters of the way through that kind of changes how you look at the movie and looking at back at it, it makes some sense on some of the acting choices then. Um, but the don't know that choice till near the end of the movie. So then as you're watching it, it just seems strange and weird. And, and, you know, it's a shame seeing Matthew McConaughey and, and Hathaway in these bad roles. I mean, honestly, there's, it, it can't be called good at all. I mean, I understand maybe why some people uh, that could relate to parts of the storyline um, that would enjoy the movie. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's don't don't waste your money on seeing this movie in the theaters. Maybe if you know you're a big Anne Hathaway fan uh, or a big Matthew McConaughey fan, wait to rent it. But don't for the unless you have you know, don't even use your subscription like AMC or Movie Pass on it. Like if you really want to see it, just wait till it's at Redbox and spend a dollar on it. It's not worth spending ten dollars or eight dollars or whatever on it. It's not a good movie. Um, I'm. I'm pretty positive. I think this will hold steady as the worst movie on our list for at least 2019. And it could be for a while. I mean, it's the lowest movie for both of, that we've both rated. So ugh, it's yeah. Uh, sorry about that guys, but it's bad. It's just bad. <laughs> yeah. Not great. Um, anyway, to, to lighten things up a little bit, so, a little bit. So I saw Polar this uh, past week. I was kind of bored on Thursday night, and I was like, "Well, I guess I'll watch it." You know, gotta have a fresh review for everybody this week. This movie stars Mads Mikkelsen and um, Vanessa Hudgens, <laughs> an odd pairing. <laughs> um, now was the first sign that I had to watch it. I was like, you know, it's it's on Netflix. Go check it out. Um, if you have a Netflix subscription. Um, which I feel like most of you do. Um, I gave it a 50 out of a hundred, um, ended up with a combo score of 45.2, which isn't great. But, uh, a lot of that's because critics absolutely hated it. Uh, it got 20 minutes score, 20 rotten tomatoes. Um, I don't think the user score was too, too bad though. But, um, anyway, the script is pretty much mostly awful. (laughs) It feels like cardboard characters, um, for most of it. Um, and it, it kind of turns off. It's very reminiscent though of eighty classic eighties action movies like uh, Jean Claude Van Damme and stuff like that. Um, in the sense that you know the the overall movie itself isn't great, but the violence is enough to keep you thoroughly entertained, and it did that for me. Um, a lot of the action scenes are great to watch. They 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 made me kind of laugh because of how out there they are. Um, in general though, um, 
because I know a lot of people don't really know what this movie is. Probably didn't get, you know, a lot of throwaway um, and stuff. But uh, basically, Mads Mikkelsen plays a retired, um, you know, assassin um, who ends up taking up one more role, but kind of gets double crossed. And now the guy that hired him has a bunch of assassins that are out to kill him. Um, Vanessa Hudgens essentially plays his neighbor who he ends up um, befriending. And there's a pretty cool twist with her towards the end that you kind of see play out throughout the movie. Um, But in general, like I said, the script is not great, so it's kind of laughable. It's one of those movies that's bad enough that it's enjoyable to watch. I definitely don't... um, I definitely don't hate that I spent two hours on it. Um, (laughs) for sure. It was entertaining. Um, and it's set up for sequels and I, I I want sequels for this. Um, I'm interested to see where they go from here. Uh, I know it got bad reviews, but I hope that that ends up turning into something because now I feel like I got to see how this plays out. Um, it is all based off of a graphic novel series from, uh, an artist. I cannot remember the name off the top of my head. Um, but uh yeah like i said you know if you have a netflix account and you have two hours to kill and you like violent movies it's well worth a watch i I, there is a scene in there i i not to spoil anything it's not really a spoiler that was both cruel disgusting and hilarious in the fact that mads mickelson like sees a lady he's just shopping in town in this you know snow snow town or whatever and this lady's like selling a dog or whatever and he buys the dog <laughs> but he accidentally shoots the dog in his sleep Ugh. because he sees um now they don't necessarily show like the dog getting shot or whatever but you know it happened because he when he was sleeping he like had this flashback to this um this assassination thing that went wrong with him and i guess is the reason why he went into retirement um and he he i guess like just had his gun on him and he just fired it <laughs> and unfortunately it died but then later on he ends up getting a yeah um it's not great but like just the way it kind of played out i was like this is so ridiculous already that's like the first 10 minutes of the movie um and he's reading a book that says like you know how to do whatever with your new dog or whatever like training your new dog and later on he ends up getting a fish but nothing really plays out of that it was just kind of a playback because he's got a book that's the exact same title but with fish instead of dog in it uh it's just it's a fun movie like if it wasn't so entertaining i definitely would have probably given it a 35 or a 40 um <laughs> but i definitely got some kicks out of it and it's worth a watch and since i didn't get mads mickelson at all for arctic I watched Polar, so a lot of Snowbound Mickelson movies this past week coming out. Um, so yeah, go check that out, everybody. Um, anyway, we'll uh, go ahead and do a long-winded end to the podcast this week. Um, this week, we are going to, instead of a top five, we're going to run down the nominations for the Golden Razzies Awards, um, which, if you're unfamiliar, are awards for the worst in movies for the prior year. Um, they are given out the night before the Oscars. Um, so they'll be at the 23rd. There are nine categories, worst picture, worst director, worst actress, worst actor, worst supporting actor and actress, um, worst screenplay, worst remakes, ripoffs or sequels and worst screen combos. Um, how this is going to work. We'll give you the guys, the category 
run down through them all real fast. And then Brian and myself are going to pick them out and see who ends up getting the most correct when these actually come out in on the 23rd. Uh, so we'll actually have the results for you guys on the episode that we do our Oscars breakdown um, on the 24th. Uh, anyway, let's just start from the top, I guess. Actually, no, let's start from the bottom. Um, we'll do a worst screen combo. Uh, the nominees are any two actors or puppets for the happy time murders. Um, Johnny Depp and his fast fading film career for Sherlock gnomes, Will Farrell and John C. Riley for Holmes and Watson. Very fitting that we got two Sherlock movies in there. Uh, Kelly Preston and John Travolta for Gotti. And Donald Trump and his self-perpetuating pettiness <laughs> for Death of a Nation and Fahrenheit 11.9. Um, this, this is a tough one. Uh, I gotta yeah. say. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with Johnny Depp and his fast-fading film career. Um, just a hunch. Uh, I will let everybody know that I we have not seen very many of these movies uh, that are nominated for any of these categories, um, which kind of stinks. I kind of wish I saw them so I could have a better guess at these, but I'm kind of just guessing based off what I would pick um, if I were the nominees. And Johnny Depp and his fast-fading film career is quite a story in Hollywood. Um, oh, yeah. So I definitely think that's up there. Um, yeah, I mean... That it that's a good choice. Um that's Happy Time Murder seemed really weird and so that's just funny. Any two actors and puppets. But uh I have to go with uh Donald Trump and his self perpetuating pettiness. Uh, I just think, you know, they're they're a great combo, which makes it a, a terrible screen combo. And two movies. And so it's, like, it's, yeah, and it's Destination and Fahrenheit eleven nine. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I yeah, that's, that one. that's a good pick that's a good pick um but i do think trump is gonna win but we'll get later on to the one that i'm picking him for um but yeah uh so yeah i'll take johnny depp and his fast feeding film career for that uh moving on we have worst remake ripoff or sequel the nominees for this are death of a nation which is basically dinesh d'souza's remake of his own hillary's america if you're unfamiliar he is a far-right um person in hollywood and none of his movies are very good um <laughs> death wish which is a remake obviously of death wish from the 70s or 80s um holmes and watson uh the meg which is a ripoff of jaws and robin hood which has been made a thousand oh, times yeah. oh boy this is a tough one um a lot of this I'm going based on, like, when I read these down through, I'm reading them based off what they have written down. For that, I might be a long shot. I'm going to go with the Meg um, because they classify it as a ripoff of Jaws, which I think makes it look even worse um, in retrospect compared to these other ones. There's been bad Sherlock movies, um, and I'm pretty positive there's been bad Robin Hood movies besides these. Death Wish is a good possibility. Death of a Nation, though, that was a tough one. It's either between that and the Meg, but I'll go with the Meg because they they classify it as a ripoff of Jaws. Yeah, I can understand that. Uh, I mean, especially putting in that, that they said it today is a ripoff of Jaws. So, like you said, it makes it look worse. But uh, that the Meg is one of the two movies of all the nominated movies in here that I did see. 
And it wasn't a good movie at all. But it was, I mean, like you said, with Polar, like there were action sequences that I did find enjoyable. So, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't pick that. Probably, I feel like my choice would be for Robin Hood just because of how much money was put into that. And it just failed miserably. Um, and there's been so many Robin Hood movies that it was at the point like why do we need another one so it made sense that it bombed uh so that's probably my pick is robin hood all right that's a good one um worst screenplay uh for this one we have death of a nation again uh 50 shades freed gaudy happy time murders and winchester um again a slate of ones we didn't see um a slate of several of them i had planned to see but just didn't because they got such bad reviews for this one um 50 shades has taken home a lot of at least it's gotten a lot of nominations over the years over the the three (laughs) the three movies in terms of the razzies but i don't think it wins here um this is a tough one for me i I think i'll go happy time murders on this one um just because it did. It looked pretty awful. Um, Gotti, I mean, has a zero percent from critics, and that's that's a tough one. But Happy Time Murders, like, I it's hard to think of a script that you could possibly make that that makes that movie good. Um, in terms of humans and puppets, so that's what I'm gonna go with. Yeah, um, that's a good choice. I mean, that one uh, is up there, and that's probably out of. Aside from Fifty Shades Free, the what had the lot of, not hype around it, but there you know, there was plenty of trailers and commercials for it leading up to it, and it had the big name, some big names into it. Um, and I really want to give this Fifty Shades Free just because I'm hated. I hated seeing <laughs> anything, any publicity for it. I just like, oh, thank goodness this was the last one. But um, I feel like I have to go with Gaudy just from what I've heard from it. And like you said, I got a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes and I've heard it was just a mess, like through and through a mess. So, yeah, but I mean, I heard it wasn't a mess from a lot of um, robot accounts on Twitter that said that it's the best movie of the year. Uh, (laughs) That whole fiasco. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Um, All right. So let's move on. To the big six. Um, start off, we'll go to worst supporting actress. This one's uh, this one's a tough one. Uh, we have Kellyanne Conway for Fahrenheit 11.9. Marsha Gay Harden for Fifty Shades Freed. Kelly Preston for Gotti. Jazz Sinclair for Slenderman. And Melania Trump for Fahrenheit 11.9. <laughs> this one... Uh, see, my issue is that I think my pick is Melania, but the same movie in there twice really makes me think that there will be vote split. Uh, I didn't even know Marsha Gay Harden was in 50 shades free. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to take that one out. Uh, Slender man I heard was pretty awful. And I don't know who Justin Claire is. I'll go Kelly Preston for Gotti on this one. Um, That just, by process of elimination, I guess is where I'm going to go. Yeah, honestly, I, I agree. I think that's the best choice. Uh, Kelly Preston and Gotti. I mean, like you said, two of those 
Marshall Gay Harden and Jazz Sinclair, I have no idea who they are that they're even in those movies. Um, and with Fahrenheit 11.9 having the two votes, I think that'll split that. So, And, you know, Gaudio is apparently awful. So it makes sense. I think Kelly Preston is the best, worst choice for that. All right. Uh, we have worst supporting actor now, naturally. This is a pretty fun one. <laughs> so we have Jamie Foxx for Robin Hood, Ludacris voiceover for Show Dogs, Joel McHale for Happy Time Murders, John C. Riley for Holmes and Watson, and Justice Smith for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is the only movie nominated for anything this year that I had seen. And as I have gone to bat many times, I think it's an awful movie. That said, Justice Smith is also the star <laughs> of the Detective Pikachu Yikes. movie, which scares the living hell out of me now. Um, because, yeah, I mean, looking back on it, he wasn't particularly good in Jurassic World. Um, that said, uh, yeah, I'm keeping up hope for Detective Pikachu, so I'm not going to go with him because I'm very much hoping that he doesn't. So I'm in a bit of a pickle on that. Um. John C. Riley's an interesting one, I think, because he has so many acclaimed um, performances from last year. We have Stan and Ollie. We have the Sisters Brothers, which we didn't get a chance to see, um, but was definitely an acclaimed movie. Um, but then he also has this disaster. And I know we've had in prior years, you know, Sandra Bullock won a Razzie for Worst Actress and won Best Actress in the same year. Um, from the Oscars. So a part of me thinks that maybe they vote him to, to get a double Joel McHale and the happy time murders. Um, I don't even know what show dogs is. Um, but I know Ludacris isn't a particularly great actor and Robin hood. I'm going to go Jamie Foxx on this because that trailer, I told you when we saw it, like there's no, like there was no way that movie was going to be good. And just by the trailer alone, Jamie Foxx didn't look particularly good in that movie. Um, so that's where I'm going to go with this. Um, I'll go Jamie Foxx. I feel like yeah. I'm going to get zero of these correct, but I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can understand that with the with Robin Hood. The only reason I held up hope because I liked the idea of it of the movie before actually seeing it. But like you, like you said, the trailer didn't look good, and obviously the movie then wasn't very good since over here um i do think it, it i think it's gonna be john c Riley just because holmes and watson was gonna be the biggest like it had to you know everyone even people want to go see this movie because it was john c Riley and will ferrell even though it got it didn't get good reviews so i think because that's the biggest name attached to the biggest movie uh, then I think uh, John C. Riley will be going away with this award. That's a good pick. Um, yeah, I mean, that would have definitely been my second choice there. Um, <sighs> worst actor. This one. Whew, there are some bad actors on this list. Uh, we have Johnny Depp for Sherlock Gnomes, voiceover. Um, will Ferrell for Holmes and Watson. John Travolta for Gotti. Donald Trump for Death of a Nation and Fahrenheit 11.9 and Bruce Willis. Some pretty bad actors on this list. Um, when you're on a list of five people and Will Ferrell is the best actor on it, that's probably not a good sign. Um, that said, 
I'm going to go with Donald Trump on this. There is a precedent for this. George Bush won a Razzie for worst actor for Fahrenheit uh, 9-11, which is another Michael Moore documentary. Um, so with the precedent being mm. set, I think with the precedent being set, I think the president wins the award. Um, double movies. It just makes sense to me. I think this is, I don't think they'd nominate them in this if they didn't plan on giving them the award. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, just, just my take on, it. I can see what you mean. Well, I mean, plus I'm, I'm rooting for him to win the award. You know, this is one award. I'm very much, you know, he's the best actor, the, the worst actor, the best actor, you know, all the actors. That's what he is. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I can understand what you're saying. Uh, there being the precedent of Bush had won uh, this award before, but, and it is, he is nominated for two of the movies in it, uh, but it's, he's not an actor at all. I mean, in, in this role, I mean, it's the documentary. So it is a good pick because of, like you said, the precedent is there. So it makes sense. But um, I want to go with Johnny Depp just because I don't like Johnny Depp. But um, I think it is going to be John Travolta uh, with Gotti. Um, just because, I mean, one, you can pair him up with Kelly Preston for first uh, supporting actress. And then uh, this is just, I mean, like we said earlier, it got a 0%. Like it was just apparently an awful movie. Yeah. I mean... We don't really have to argue much for it because it got a zero percent. I don't know. I don't remember what the meta score was. I'm pretty sure it was in the teens. So, yeah, I think that's a, a good choice is Travolta and Gotti. Yeah, um, I mean, I see where you're going, coming from. That my other thing is why I'm going to go Trump on this is none of the other actors in there are particularly good actors, like I'd mentioned, and I feel like that kind of like. There's not really a shock factor from anyone else. Um, you kind of look at it and you're just like, well, this makes sense the whole way down the board. And, oh, look, there's the president of the United States on there. You know, um, I think if you had a better actor on this list, I think you'd, we'd hear more about it. But um, let's move on. Uh, worst actress. And this one is proof positive and kind of a flip on the worst actor that even the best actresses mm -hmm. have awful roles um most notably melissa mccarthy who is nominated on here well once but for two movies for life of the party and happy time murders and helen mirren for winchester along with them we have jennifer garner for peppermint and amber heard london fields and amanda seyfried for the clapper so, i don't even know what that movie is i've never heard of that what's the clapper not i have zero idea i have no idea um yeah <laughs> yeah so I'm going to take that one out. Uh, I, you know, I don't know it, so I'm not going to put it in. Um, this one is pretty simple for me. I'm going to go Melissa McCarthy. Um, she's nominated for two. She's nominated for best actress for the Oscars the night after. Um, and so it makes an easy decision for me. I think, uh, you know, Peppermint only being on here once. The Clapper, I don't know what it is, but that's only on here once. London Field's only on here once. Um, so I eliminate those three right off the bat. So it comes down to McCarthy and Mirren. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go McCarthy on this one. Uh, I think they're going to try and get her for uh, both awards this year. <laughs> so I'm looking up the Clapper. What? Looking up oh, the Clapper. God, what is it? 
how one, what, how bad does it sound? Its meta score is a twenty one. Um, oh God, that's Ed, so hard to deal. Ed Helms is the lead in this movie. Um, <sighs> and the only it's only a sentence description on an IMDb, but it's fifteen minutes of fame destroys the life of a man who works as a clapper for television. What? What, <laughs> what is that job? <laughs> I I don't know. Like, is that you know, like someone that's placed into like a live studio audience just to clap? Like, I don't. What is... I, I guess so. That sounds like an Ed Helms role. So, like, that <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Um, oh, uh, that sounds awful. But uh, yeah, I'd never heard of it until now. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. But because, like you said, because of that, I don't think I can. I never even heard of the movie, so I don't think it'll be. <laughs> like yeah like if it's an awful movie you feel like you've heard of it like a lot of these we've heard of uh Gotti was even on my watch list for a period last year (laughs) up until the ratings started coming out and i was like i can't drag myself to the theater to see a zero percent movie hey Um, i was looking which i'm changing that this year i'm watching everything on my watch list it's on uh, amazon prime now Gotti is on amazon prime now i I can't bring myself to watch it (laughs) (laughs) We're not in that year anymore, and that's that's a that's lot true. of the reason why. But, um, all right. So I think, I, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, Melissa McCarthy, she was nominated for Best Actress in the Oscars, so it makes sense. Then, uh, she's just, the two movies that she's nominated for for Worst Actress here, um, and her three movies that came out this year, only one of them was good. So, I think that's a good choice. I don't think. Oscar wise, I don't think she'll win Best Actress, but I do think here at least she'll she'll come on with one award this year. It was just Best Act, Worst Actress. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that one felt like an easy one. All right, and let's break into the final two here. We have Worst Director. We have Eaton Cohen for Holmes and Watson. Not a Cohen brother. Don't get confused. Um, Kevin Connolly for Gotti. <laughs> I saw it, man. I was like, is he related to the Cohen brothers? Like, that's bad. Uh, no, spelling is different. Um, and also, they make good movies. Uh, it's true. It's true. James Foley for Fifty Shades Freed, Brian Henson for The Happy Time Murders, and the Spearig brothers for Winchester. Um, I'm gonna go Gotti on this one. I only gave Gotti one award here. Um. And I think it's going to take, I mean, it got a 0%. I mean, it's just like, in my opinion, the way I look at this award is just basically what got the worst um, ratings and, you know, gaudy it is for me. Uh, but this is definitely a toss up. Yeah, that's a, that's a real tough choice. Like I, I want to give it to Gotti because it's a 0%, but also Happy Time Murders, like, they kind of took the idea of, like, Sesame Street and made it hardcore adult movie, and it failed miserably, and apparently just sucked, and it was weird, and so I... I, I mean, they had, they had uh, puppets, I can't call them Muppets, but they had puppets, you know, fornicating. Um, yeah, I for know. For lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> why why? Why? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have to give it to Brian Hess for Happy Time Murders because that's just my biggest question is why would you want to direct this kind of movie? I mean that's a that's definitely a good pick. Um and again I went with Gotti. Another reason I'm going with that is the fact that it took years for that movie to get made. Oh, um and then that was like I think that movie was in, you know, some 
production since like 2014 or something like that with various people um in and out i think it's a director helm and, and other producers and stuff like that so for it to take that long and then finally come out and be that awful of a movie that nobody um no critics enjoyed it at all um is is saying something about the worst uh directing of the year uh um okay i guess let's finish this off the big one the worst picture of the year the nominees are Gotti, obviously <laughs> the happy time murders obviously holmes and watson obviously <laughs> robin hood and winchester both obviously um obviously yeah i mean i'm going holmes and watson uh my reasoning here is i mean i gave the director one to Gotti. the way i look at this award is i think it isn't just a factor of what got the worst critic reviews. I think a big factor in it is the pre-press um, and the expectations, which is why I think also Robin Hood's in here, but I don't think Robin Hood was nearly as bad of a movie as Holmes and Watson, mainly because, you know, Taron Edgerton didn't get nominated. Um, director didn't get nominated. Like only one person in another award had gotten nominated for, and that was Jamie Foxx. Um, Holmes and Watson got nominations, you know, for actor, uh, supporting actor, um, duo, a lot of various things. Um, this movie from all accounts, from what I heard was just an absolute trash hour and a half. And it going into it, there was so much press behind it, you know, Riley and Farrell back together again. Let's see what they can do. And, the end result was everyone hated it. Critics hated it. Uh, normal people hated it. A lot of people went to the theater for it. And uh, the resounding results are that a lot of people did not like this movie. Um, and since it was such a big disappointment, that's why I think it's going to win worst picture of the year. Yeah, honestly, I think that's a solid choice. I mean, um, like you said, I don't think Robin Hood or Winchester really have that much of a shot. I think it really comes down to Holmes and Watson and Gotti. Um, and like you said, though, Gotti had a 0%. Um, there wasn't, the other factors weren't in there. Like you said, like this was just a big disappointment for Holmes and Watson. Everyone wanted to see Farrell and Riley team up again. Cause you know, they've been really funny in the past and then poor awful. And even what I've read, like everything they said, they just tried to make jokes for an hour and a half, basically that all fell flat. And so I think this is easily, this is easily the worst picture uh, on, on this list that they nominated. So I think that'll go home with it. Yeah. Uh, and I think Holmes and Watson actually also has Holmes and Watson has a 3.4 out of 10 user score on IMDb and Gotti has a 4.8. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, oh, robots, it's you know. just, when I say people don't like it, they're just not fans of it at all. Happy Time Murders, I think, might have the highest Rotten Tomato score out of any of these. Um, and I don't necessarily, like, I think that was probably a bad movie, but also I don't think it was bad enough to win for the worst picture. So, yeah, I mean, Holmes and Watson just feels like the obvious choice, but uh-huh. at the same time, I won't be surprised if Gotti takes it home. I would be surprised if any of the other three do. Um, yeah, so, with the breakdown, I mean, that's... That's the Razzies, everyone. Uh, stay tuned in. Uh, 
what three weeks i think um we'll have results for that and mm-hmm. we'll let you guys know who won that and we'll have the oscars on that one next two weeks there are plenty of movies here in february february that we're interested in seeing unsure what we're going to get around to so i don't want to promise anything also we're unsure what's going to end up actually in theaters and what's not um unfortunately that is something we can't quite control um but yeah we'll be back next week with some more reviews some more news like always um and go rams uh (laughs) i don't have a ton of faith but uh ready to enjoy the super bowl and i guess everybody will listen to this after the super bowl so you'll know we're wrong but um yeah any parting words there brian no, not really. Uh, you know, we're getting into warm weather and getting into good movies for 2019. Yay! You know, Lego Lego Movie Two is out this week, which I'm excited for, as well as a bunch of other movies in the coming weeks. So, I'm excited to be back in the theaters. Yeah, um, definitely ready to get back out. I it, I am glad that nothing really came out this week, considering the fact that it was unbearably cold pretty much everywhere in the country, but definitely up here in pa where it was you know in the negatives um thank god we don't live out in you know minnesota and places like that um yeah we'll be seeing you know what men want cold pursuit um lego movie fighting with my family the wwe movie um alita battle angel those are all ones that i expect to hit theaters um the man who killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. I don't know if that'll get a wide release, but that's also on our uh, watch list. Um, and I'd also like to get around to saying they shall not grow the world war, uh, world war one documentary that's in color from Peter Jackson. Um, if I can ever get around to that. Um, other than that, everyone, you know, signing off for this week, have a great week, everyone. Hopefully this sounds a lot better than last week's episode. Um, yeah. See Bye. Hello darkness, my old friend I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly
Oh,